3: This is v Prime Primetime with Tim Murray and Super Bowl champion Sean King. Live from Phoenix, the site of Super Bowl 57, on v the sports betting network.
4: We are off and running uh, on a football Friday, the football Friday, as we get you ready for Super Bowl 57, 48 hours from now. Tim Murray back in our circus studios in downtown Las Vegas, and Sean King, like he's been the past couple of days and like we at Vison have been all week long, on the road down in Phoenix at the site of Super Bowl 57. And right now, Sean is joined by Seattle Seahawk and the pride of Milwaukee, Wisconsin, Shelby Harris. So, gentlemen, 48 hours, 48 hours away from the Super Bowl.
5: Absolutely. I'm sitting next to 24-and-a-half career sacks, and we already made an agreement that with the new rules protecting the quarterback, Tim, I'm completely safe. (laughs) So I know you guys are worried about me back there in the studio, but I'm going to be okay. First of all, let's talk about the moment that you found out that you were included in the trade that was bringing Russell Wilson to Denver. What was that emotion like, and how has your experience been like in Seattle the first year?
0: Uh, you know what the craziest part was? Uh, when I found
5: out, I had just got done
0: working out at the Bronco facility. I'm in the lunchroom, and I'm with uh, one of my teammates, Victor Vingaing. We're watching TV. It pops up: Russell Wilson is getting <laughs> traded to Denver. I'm like when I say we're, oh yeah, we got a yeah, we got a quarterback. Let's go. Then I look down at my phone, and I see George Payton calling. Call. <laughs> I said, There's "No way!" I said, "There's absolutely no way." And then, um, so you know, it, it was an adjustment. It was, it was a shock. You know, at first, you know, I'm, I'm a family man. I'm married. I got four kids. Uh, we, we, you know, Denver is home. And so to pick up and leave, well, we still live in Denver, obviously, but to pick up and leave and and then go into our brand. I haven't been on a new team in five years. You know, I was in the Broncos for the last five years. So then.
4: All right. Well, it looks like we're having some technical difficulties down there on Radio Row. So uh, hopefully we will uh, connect you back here momentarily with uh, Sean King and uh, Shelby Harris of the Seattle Seahawks. Are we, uh, are we good to go back down there, guys? Still working on it? Still working on it. All right. So uh, as, uh, as we try to get things uh, figured out there, I see them in the corner of my eye. I think they're ready to go. But uh, we will be uh, chatting with a handful of uh, current NFL players uh, down there at Radio Road today. Sean King and Shelby Harris uh, sitting on the set. Uh, Chris Andrews going to make his weekly visit. All right, let's uh, send you back down. A uh, little technical difficulties, the beauties of two different sets, guys. So, uh, Shelby, we rudely interrupt your story. So, uh, please continue, sir, on uh, on how you found out <laughs> uh, how you got traded to the Seattle Seahawks.
0: No, so then pretty much just, um, you know, when when it all really set in for the trade, It was all right. So where am I like? So then, then now I was like, where am I going? Right. Like wh- who who am I going to be playing with? And then because my biggest thing when I went to Seattle, I didn't know a single person on the team. <laughs> Actually, I, did. I knew one person, Gabe Jackson. We got drafted in Oakland. LSU, together. right? No, no. We all Gabe Jackson, Mississippi State. Mississippi State, yeah. Mississippi
5: State, big game. No, but um, I tell you this, this year couldn't have went any better. So before you say that. Because this is the irony, and I always tell my partner Tim when they're talking strength of schedule, you just never know from year to year because there's so much When This trade was happened. If you just said one team was to be a playoff team and one was to be five and twelve, I mean, no one would have said that the Seahawks would have been a playoff team. So, what was that like? Because I know Pete Carroll's a, a a positive, optimistic type of coach. Did y'all even think that nine and eight playoffs was possible to start this season? Man, honestly, I had no clue what to expect. I mean,
0: you know, for me, like, like being honest, I hadn't seen any of these guys play. I didn't know anything really about anybody, any of my new teammates. And so when I would go up there, like, when I went up there for camp, it's really just like, okay, let's we'll see, what, see what we got. And then you realize you, you have players at certain positions that really can control the game, and you have to, and, and they use this. Us, you know what I mean? So it's just, when you have a coach like Pete, who all he does is pump confidence and, and and enthusiasm into you. Man, you you running around with your, head, like your hair on fire, ready to knock something out. And that's what I'm saying, like, nobody expected anything of us except Pete Carroll. Right. Pete Carroll, from the jump, when I got traded, the first thing he said is, this is not a rebuild. He said, we're gonna go out there and shock some people. And that's exactly what we did.
5: Well, I know Tim, Milwaukee's uh, very, very close to his heart. And I know you're originally from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. So I got one more question, because I know Tim wants to bombard you with buck stuff. I know you started at University of Wisconsin, finished at Illinois State, but you still follow the Badgers. What's your opinion of the Luke Fickle uh, acquisition as head coach, and is that going to be enough to catch up with Ohio State and Michigan? So,
0: honestly, at first, um, you know, it was a shock because you were expecting them to put Jim Leonard, you know, to just elevate him because he's been such a big integral part of Wisconsin football for so long. But as we have seen, Luke Fickle came in and he's changing some stuff. This is not the typical Wisconsin that you see. I feel like he's going to change it. He's, he's not, you're not just going to get a run the ball 100 times a game. You're going to get some, some, some fun football, and it's actually helps with recruiting. People want to come play for him. Look at all the recruits he's getting from the West Coast, from all over. People actually want to come play for him. If he can do that in Cincinnati, imagine with more resources and everything that he can do at Wisconsin. Nice. And Wisconsin is, is it won't be hard for them to get back to what they need. I always say this is, you know, the trenches, they, they, they can own the trenches. This is where Fickle's going to come in. They need the skill from the coast. You know what I mean? They need the skill from the coast, and he's going in. He's he's getting it.
4: Yeah, there's no doubt about it. Shelby Harris joining us. You can follow Shelby on Twitter at Shelby Harris 93. Of course, a member of the Seattle Seahawks. By the way, on your Twitter, uh, your Twitter header of you going to sack Russell Wilson is is just a thing of perfection. I must I must say that is that is a thing of beauty. By the way, that picture you got there on your Twitter feed. Had to let it ride, baby. <laughs> let it ride. Let it ride. <laughs> Uh, Before we go a little further, Shelby, uh, you do have a podcast, the Shell Shock Podcast. So let people know uh, a little bit more about your podcast.
0: Uh, You know, so for me, uh, I want to do something like this when I'm done playing. I want to get in the radio. I want to be around the game still. And so it's kind of just me, you know, trying it out before I actually really fully get into it. So my podcast is really more of just. It's about everyday sports and stuff, but also just whatever I'm, I'm passionate about. Whatever the like current events, whatever's going on, I always feel like, you know, you have a platform, use it. You know, um, I have kids. I have to stand up for something. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I got to make this world better for them. You know, so that's just all I'm trying to do. I'm trying to just, you know, get my voice out in different ways and, and you know, just make kind of make a difference.
5: Now, last year... I know you're a big Milwaukee Bucks fan, and I want Tim to get involved in this one because he he does a, a a radio show there locally in Milwaukee as well as ours. Jay Crowder back. I was in a bad place last year watching Giannis go up against Boston with no one that could knock down a jump shot. So. Uh, people talking about the Kyrie acquisition and trade, the Durant situation, but what does Jay Crowder coming back to Milwaukee do for this Bucks, especially if Chris Middleton can stay healthy? So all right. We already talking about Jay Crowder, but let's even take Jay Crowder out of it. And the Bucks are, I think, they're undefeated
0: since when Giannis, Chris, and Drew play. The league needs to watch out because then you bring Jay Crowder in, and here's the thing: it's not necessarily you bringing him in to play thirty minutes a game. You're not. He's the tone setter. He just reminds me more of like a P.J. Tucker. A 3-and-D type player, mm-hmm. but also he's a tone setter who's going to go out there and, and and let it know you're not going to push us around. We're going to punish you. We're going gonna to play bully ball. And, you know, it's, I really feel like this Bucks team is is true representation of the city. You know, grit, grind, but we're going to make it work. It's not going to be pretty. is ugly. is <laughs> ugly. But it's, it, we're going to get the job done. And I'm, I'm telling you, it's, uh, as a Bucks fan, I've been there through – the garbage to the greatness so honestly like I'm, I'm i'm really excited for the future but what is with these uh it's like what everyone's sending four second round picks that makes no sense to me like like what's the point nobody, nobody wants those
5: picks you can buy a second round pick
0: second for round I, pick. I don't it's know not like it the I nfl still,
4: shelby where you know you were a seventh round pick and were productive like second round picks you know, like like Sean was saying, you can Go to Europe. you could you could buy some of those guys. You stash <laughs> them away. Yeah, uh, Shelby Harris, uh, Seattle Seahawk, joining us down there on Radio Row, sitting next to Sean King. All right, Shelby, going back to uh, the NFL. You guys played Kansas City late in the season uh, at Arrowhead on Christmas Eve. So let's start with them. You had to face Patrick Mahomes. What type of challenge? is Hassan Reddick and that defensive line up for against the MVP is crowned last night Patrick Mahomes.
0: Well I, I say this, you know, when you're playing um, you know, any great quarterback, the only way to really affect them is you gotta get pressure in their face. You gotta get in their face. Just like with Tom Brady, Tom Brady's not Tom Brady when you're in his face. And with Mahomes and with uh, Iffy angle, you you gotta get him moving. And we all know what a high high ankle, but if you tweak it once, you're going to be down bad for the rest of the game. And so with that uh, Eagles D-line and just how they do things, all the movement and just kind of all the pressure they get, it's going to be an
5: uncomfortable day for Mahomes. And, and, And that's what you have to do to be able to win. Seahawks coming off of a surprising season. I'm assuming that they're going to compensate Geno and make him the quarterback for the foreseeable future. In your opinion... Where do they need to attack come draft day? What, do you, what, where areas do you guys need to solidify in order to take this momentum and, and, and take the next step?
0: Uh, you know, I feel like we're in an interesting spot where, you know, we're we're older up front, so obviously you have to you need to draft. You're going to have to draft a, a, a D lineman because you know we have a lot of old guys. We have a lot of older guys up there, but we're in an interesting spot where you kind of just can draft the best available because you do have so many young players in positions and you don't really have that many free agents in the team. So now you're literally
5: just taking the best pieces and just adding them into the recipe and seeing what you're making. Yeah, great young players, too. offensive linemen that were rookies, uh, Willen, the cornerback, kind of surprised a whole lot of people with his performance. I mean, the arrow's definitely pointing up for the Seahawks. Tim, man, maybe we might have to uh, be Seahawks backers next year and purchase some Seahawks stock. Man, what do you think, Tim?
4: Well, yeah, no doubt about that, Shelby. Before we let you run once again, check out the Shell Shock podcast. Follow Shelby on Twitter at Shelby Harris ninety three. Who wins on Sunday, Shelby? Eagles by fourteen. Eagles by fourteen. Oh! Ooh, I like it. That is the strongest <laughs> pred- prediction we've had all week, Shelby. Great stuff. We appreciate no it. Respect for light skin, good looking. I appreciate you. Chiefs don't stand a chance. <laughs> There he is, Shelby Harris, quote, Chiefs don't stand a chance.
1: From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast
0: is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This
1: is Uncanny USA.
3: This is v Primetime with Tim Murray and Super Bowl champion, Sean King. Live from Phoenix, the site of Super Bowl 57 on v the sports betting network.
4: Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700. It its Vicent primetime. PRIME TIME. Tim Murray back here in our Las Vegas studios. Sean on the road. Sean King down at Radio Row, site of Super Bowl 57. So, Sean, right now, in two days... We'll be getting ready. We might even be in the midst of the national anthem being sung by Chris Stapleton, and uh, we will be getting ready for Super Bowl 57. I know that Radio Row at this time of the of of, of the week is kind of slowing down a little bit, but all the other festivities are ramping up. So what what's the feel down there in Arizona as we are now just uh, two days away from the Super Bowl?
5: Well, if the airport is representative of downtown, then it's packed. Cause, I mean, <laughs> there's people everywhere now. and <laughs> It looks like the fans have actually showed up. I mean, I almost missed the show today. I was driving around. You can't make a turn anywhere downtown because people are walking across. But, I mean, the buzz is here now. Uh, a lot of Chiefs jerseys. Actually, earlier, remember I said I thought it was more of an Eagle-centric mm-hmm. crowd. But, man, it's red everywhere now. So, uh People are excited. People, are, the weather's great. Everybody's outside. Man, it's a wonderful experience.
4: Yeah, it is. Uh, it is getting uh, getting busy here too. Walking into the uh, walking in the casino, Sean. The, all the tables, the craps tables, blackjack tables. They were starting to buzz. So you know, by the time we sign off, I'm sure it'll be uh, it'll be it will be feeling a little bit here too. So it is uh, it is going to be quite. Quite the event down there in Arizona, here in Las Vegas. So, so uh, pretty fired up.
5: Here, here's, what, here's,
4: what, here's what we got to decide. Okay. Are we able to hydrate
5: on Sunday? Because I don't think I've watched the Super Bowl and didn't hydrate at all. So do we have a minimum or a maximum? Because we have the halftime show and the postgame show. So, is I mean, do we have to be cold turkey pregame and first half? Or can we partake slightly?
4: We drinking these
5: water as he drinks water
4: yeah
5: oh that's what you're gonna do
4: sean we did we did this exact thing last year did you sneak in some some spirits yeah, last year
5: yeah yeah i did i did i did i i gotta admit i, I hydrated a little because we had pizza available so it, it was hydrate <laughs> slice hydrate <laughs> slice <laughs>
4: You do you, man. Uh, so I got
5: to have a plan this year.
4: I got to have a plan. Yeah, we got, uh, if you're wondering, Sean and I will be uh, with you. Forget Rihanna. We'll be with you at halftime of uh, Super Bowl 57, giving you updates. and uh, Easy you know, choice. Yeah, easy choice. Why do you need to see Rihanna? And then uh, postgame, we'll be with you uh, as soon as the game starts concludes hopefully uh, when the Chiefs are hoisting a Lombardi trophy that would uh, that would be joyous for both Sean and I on the postgame show Sean I do want to uh, bring something to your attention so last night down there in Phoenix okay uh, they handed out the awards for uh, the NFL season and uh, the MVP to no one's surprise especially late in the year went to Patrick Mahomes but there is a trend that i don't like and here it is the last nine Uh reigning mvps Uh. that played in the super bowl went on to lose so the last nine here we go 2017 tom brady 2016 matt ryan 2015 cam newton 2013 peyton manning 2009 peyton manning 2007, Tom Brady. 05, Sean Alexander. 2002, your Bucks beat Rich Gannon and the Raiders. And uh, 2001, it was Kurt Warner. Last nine reigning MVPs lost the Super Bowl. The last MVP, Sean, to go on to win the Super Bowl and win Super Bowl MVP was Kurt Warner. Uh, the year that uh, you guys lost uh, there in the Superdome. That was the uh, 99 season, the 2000 Super Bowl.
5: Well, let's be honest. It's a completely irrelevant stat because it all happened pre-COVID. So anything that happened pre-COVID doesn't really factor into post-COVID information. So I'm at ease because of that aspect of it. I thought you were going to tell me, like, uh, the last three years in a row, the MVP uh, played in the Super Bowl and lost. So, listen, I don't even think Patrick Mahomes was in the league or was he a rookie the last time that 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 occurred. So it's not applicable in this situation. We're on the right side. I'm not changing how I feel. Matter of fact, I'm feeling stronger. And this is one of those situations where if I'm wrong, I'm, I'm okay being wrong in this situation. But I hope I'm not, and I don't think I am.
4: Well, I hope you're not wrong either. I'm a dude.
5: homes or bus, baby.
4: I went into yeah, – I'm a uh, homes or bus. I stopped by our good friends at the South Point on the way into work where they had a two posted and uh, grabbed me a little two. So uh, that's what I'm uh, rolling with officially. I will be in, in on the Chiefs, as we've talked about all week. That shouldn't come as a surprise. Chiefs plus the two – uh, you know, money lines out there. You can find it. You know, pretty standard plus 105. Uh, you can find a plus 108 in town. We'll see, Sean. You know, it was interesting, and we'll hear from Chris Andrews later in the show, sportsbook director from South Point. But it's interesting to to hear. You know, last night, uh, Derek really needed the Eagles, which I was surprised about. But it, I, I will say, more often than not, I feel like the needs of Circa aren't always the same as the needs of other books, so uh, we'll see how that all plays out.
5: And it's still three, and it's still three to three days out from the game. Oh as yeah,
4: well. yeah. There's going to be plenty so of it's, action. So it's a lot
5: of a lot of money coming through, right? Yeah, the, the the register prior between now and then. Did Shelby being so confident that not just that the Eagles were going to win, but that it was going to be two touchdown dominant kind of performance, what did that do to how you feel
4: about the Chiefs? You know. I, Uh, this is no knock on Shelby who is uh, seems like a bright dude and played against the Chiefs it doesn't dissuade me because you know gambling and betting on things is a lot different than you know just playing you know playing the game so look he he could very well be right I'm not saying that the Eagles couldn't win this game and win it going away but I, I was a bit surprised considering Sean that on Christmas Eve his team played the Chiefs the Chiefs won that game rather comfortably, and he's so confident in the Philadelphia Eagles. Why, why do you think, I'm, I'm curious, we're going to throw it back to you, why do you think Shelby Harris, who just joined the program, uh, defense lineman from the Seattle Seahawks, why do you think he's so confident in the Philadelphia Eagles? Is it because of, you know, Hassan Reddick and Josh Sweat and, and just the, the bodies they can throw on that off, uh, defensive line?
5: I think the Chiefs have kind of taken over for, like, the Patriots as being, like, that hated AFC team, like, because they're always there. And so, like, it's it's popularity fatigue. Like, we're tired of them. Like, we want some new blood, you know, some fresh energy, you know, at the top, uh, you know, of the National Football League. It might be some of that. You know, people just tired of Andy reading the Chiefs. But I'm with you. It didn't really impact me from the sense that he talked about how Patrick Mahomes handles pressure, people in his face, but the same is applicable for Jalen Hurts. Pressure in his face bothers him. Uh, Trash around him makes him uncomfortable throwing the ball and it impacts his ball location. And I'm just going to go with the known commodity. In this, I've seen Patrick Mahomes come through in this situation before. I understand the significance of him having a great game, and I'm going to base my opinions all around my belief in Patrick Mahomes is going to play the game of his life on Sunday. And uh, if I'm right, then it's going to be a glorious Sunday. If I'm wrong, then probably hydrate more than I
4: should afterwards. (laughs) Uh, We're expected to talk to DJ Dallas, uh, current member, Uh, of the Seattle Seahawks coming up here in just a little bit. So I want to bring people back to this, Sean. And I know Robert Turbin, who joined the show uh, on Wednesday, uh, is not a a current player. But let's take a look at the former players who have joined the show. So it's Robert Turbin, it is Sean Merriman yesterday, and a current player in Shelby Harris. All three picked the Eagles. But then when you look at Eric Eager, Brad Evans, Jared Smith, Uh, our guy, Jick Jack, uh, Carl Johnson, all of those guys pick the chiefs. It's an interesting difference between at least, and it's a small sample size of current or just, you know, recently retired NFL players to people who are in this gambling landscape, right?
5: Yeah, absolutely. I feel better now. Because <laughs> I know when I, when I was a player, I couldn't pick for nothing, if you ask me. <laughs> what I thought and what actually happened very rarely matched up.
4: Well, right now, and we'll get some betting splits. We just had some graphics uh, on the screen. We'll get back to those a little bit later on in the show. But as we sit right now, Sean, Philadelphia is still a one-and-a-half-point consensus favorite and a total uh, of 51. Sean down there on Radio Row in Phoenix, the site of Super Bowl 57. Tim Murray back here in Las Vegas. Hope to be joined by DJ Dallas running back from the Seahawks next right here on v Primetime.
3: This is VSIN Primetime with Tim Murray and Super Bowl champion Sean King. Live from Phoenix, the site of Super Bowl 57 on VSIN, the sports betting network.
4: Do you have questions about betting on the Super Bowl? Wondering about how to hedge or make maybe you're looking for an unusual prop or insights from one of our hosts? Well, the VSIN Big Game Help Desk is here for you. Submit your questions at vcin.com helpdesk and it could be answered by our experts on air or on at vcin.com. It is a Football Friday getting you ready for Super Bowl 57, the Kansas City Chiefs and the Philadelphia Eagles Tim Murray back here in our Circus Studios in downtown Las Vegas, the Buzz Building. Here in Las Vegas, for sure, as uh, we will have full coverage for you on Super Bowl Sunday, leading you up to kickoff of Super Bowl 57. Uh, We will have a special presentation of follow the money. We will have the Lombardi line. We will have uh, uh, Gil Alexander on. We will also have Brent Musburger's uh, countdown to kickoff as well. So a great lineup for you. Uh, getting you ready for Super Bowl on Super Bowl Sunday. And uh, we head back down to uh, Radio Row in Phoenix, Arizona. Sean King, my partner in crime, Super Bowl champ, joined by DJ Dallas, running back from the Seattle Seahawks. DJ, welcome to the desk. Got a quarterback there who, uh, you know, has handed a ball off a time or two. That was what he did best. He didn't like to throw the ball all that much when he got to the pros.
5: So, I've got to put some context on this interview because this is the pride of Brunswick, Georgia. So, I had the Atlanta area for University of South Florida, and I remember going to Glenn Academy, talking to your head coach, like, hey, coach, I like your running back. Oh, he too big time for y'all. Oh, (laughs) man, I got to tell him about that.
6: (laughs) That's crazy. I didn't know he did
5: that Oh, man, but great career in Miami. Uh, Get right into it. When you look at Seattle – This time last year, Russell Wilson, starting quarterback, looking like a first-ballot Hall of Famer. You had heard some rumblings that maybe a change was coming. We didn't know how it was going to happen, what it was going to look like. Then all of a sudden, boom, Russell Wilson traded to the Denver Broncos. It looks like Seattle's in full rebuild mode. Talk about what you guys thought coming into the season. Was there a belief that, we could still be a playoff caliber team, even though it looked at least the outside looking in that you guys want to rebuild.
6: Uh, like you said, it was it was really just outside looking in. Uh, the guys in the locker room really were like, man, not a rebuild. Like, let's go win it all. Let's go. Let's go really win it all. And uh, we we picked the quarterback that is that's very capable of, uh, you know, doing his thing. And Gino came out. Led us to nine games,
5: and uh, he lit it up. You know, it's interesting because you say that, and like the the initial like energy is like, man, DJ, get out of here, man. It's like players speak like like the Houston Texans said the same thing. But think about this, Tim. They were up at halftime in the wild card game against the uh, Niners. Yeah. like <laughs> we were, at halftime like it had to be like a, a energy in, in the locker room like you know, we can beat these guys
6: it was everybody just saying let's finish it like we know these dudes are going to come out with their second best punch we were saying like we've got their best punch but we knew like in the back of our head they're going to try something else and uh you know this year uh, coming up i think we'll we'll be ready for that moment i don't feel like we were we were experienced enough to be ready for that moment But, uh, yeah, I'm I'm excited for this next season, man. Uh, The Seahawks will be a force to reckon with. So,
5: all right, you heard it. Here DJ say watch out for those birds up there in the great state of Washington come next year. So, here's what's interesting as a quarterback. So, Tim, when you're preparing and when you're learning, like, you have the passing game, you know, install, you have the run game install. Generally, the run game install is mostly offensive line running backs. This is a unique situation because you're a young player, Kenneth Walker's a rookie, two of the starting five offensive linemen are rookies. What are those run install meetings like? Like, how much of it is just teaching the game of football? How much of it is let's get to the advanced aspect of, like, you know, secondary reads and things like that?
6: Uh, so how we do our our run install is – uh. It's every position. So receivers, quarterback, running backs, tight ends, and O line. So everybody is hearing the same communication. So there is not there's not one time that any one person should be off. So like, yeah, there may be a slip up when we go and we walk through these plays, but everybody knows what what each person should be doing. So as for for me, I was I had the luxury of being in the room with with Ken Walker and uh, Ken wants to know everything he wants to know everything and that's how all of our rookies are whether it be Tariq Woolen on the defense side of the ball Kobe Bryant on the defense side of the ball r two rookie tackles, they want to know everything. So that was that was just a plus. We we drafted some mature rookies.
5: You know, it's interesting, Tim, because uh, Tariq Willen had a tremendous rookie campaign. Mm-hmm. But I know a lot of defensive backs coach, and they really like Kobe Bryant coming out of Cincinnati. You know, uh, he was the guy opposite of Sauce Gardner, you know, there for the Bearcats in that miraculous season. They had, you know, I always, you know, used to poke fun at my running backs. So I won a Super Bowl as a quarterback in Tampa. We had Thomas Jones and Michael Pittman. Before that, we had Warwick Dunn and Mike Allstock, why is it that that's the one position where unless you're Derrick Henry, like you always got to share the load, like one guy can't just eat. Like how hard is that, especially considering both teams we're going to watch Sunday have the same kind of cyclical for the Chiefs is Clyde is Pacheco is McKinnon, you know, for the Eagles it's Jalen, uh, miles uh, game. Well, how hard is that? You know, when you know, you're going to be in and out to really get a rhythm.
6: Uh, you just gotta, it it really came down to like, or what it does come down to is roles. Like, each running back has to know their role. And, uh, you rather you're, if you're a slasher, you gotta know that, like, you're in the game to, to get, get downhill and make moves and, you know, or you, you might be the bruising back. And that's what those guys have. Like, the Chiefs have a, a slasher and a bruiser. And then the, the Eagles have a slasher and a bruiser and a quarterback who can, you know, get busy too. But, uh, running back by committee isn't isn't a isn't a knock on on any one guy or isn't a knock on any team. I feel
5: like it's it's just the nature of of the beast. Now Josh Jacobs, a uh, guy Raiders decided not to pick up his, his fifth year option, went into a contract year. He had a breakout year. For me, he was the most surprising player in your position across the league. Give me somebody else this year that you were like, I knew he could do it, but it, like he demonstrated it, and now everybody knows. Tony Pollard.
6: Tony Pollard. Uh, Josh Jacobs was my guy. Uh just because I know how he works and uh he's a good friend of mine. He worked his butt off but Tony Pollard, I don't really know the guy, but he showed what he could do. And uh I we kinda figured he could do it because he it was like bits and pieces the year before. But then he put it all together. I think he went for a thousand this year, so I think Tony Pollard's one of those guys.
5: Shout out to Kellen Moore, right, Tim? Uh, <laughs> Zeke Elliott had to get hurt for him to realize that Tony Pollard was a dude.
4: <laughs> DJ Dallas joining Sean King down there on Radio Row, uh, Seahawks running back. And before we get your uh, official thoughts on the, the Super Bowl, uh, I know you want to uh, speak on behalf of Amorpho. I think I see it there uh, on the desk in front of you. So uh, what do you got going on with Amorpho?
6: Uh, so this is really the the Amorpho G vest. It's what I've been training in for about two years now. I've been partnered up with Amorpho for two years, and um, yeah, man, this is this is what I use. It's 10 pounds. It's a 10 pound weight vest, not like the bulky weight vests of the past. This is a, a way more swaggy vest. Uh, <laughs> so like like they say, look good, play good, right? Right, right. So look good, train good. Uh, it's for it's not just for, you know, professional athletes, it's for the everyday athlete. And um I think that's that's why it's so good. We have shirts, we have vests, we have uh shorts, we got a lot of stuff you could layer it. Um, yeah, shoot, I layer it. I get it to about 15 pounds and just try to simulate game game reality. But uh, it's a good product. It's, it's really helped me uh, improve
5: from rookie season to now. So, Tim, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to get DJ's uh, information after we finish this interview. We're going to get a care package sent. And me and you are going to start wearing the vest and get our walk on because the days of changing of direction stuff for Big King are over.
4: <laughs> 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 we're going to trim up so we ain't look like DJ. <laughs> I'm good with that uh I'm good with that hey DJ you're a big runner you're a running back got to imagine you enjoy what you've been seeing uh in Philadelphia but how do you see Sunday playing out uh there in Arizona
6: uh it'll be a battle uh in the trenches whoever can run the ball the best and I feel like it's going to come down to whoever has the ball last you got Jalen hurts and then you got Pat Mahomes. So whoever has the ball last and whoever can run the ball the best will win the game.
5: Alright, only about twenty seconds left, real quick, because I picked you guys made me look like idiots. I picked Miami to win the ACC last year. <laughs> and boy, if y'all win catfish <laughs> all year, does does crystal ball get this thing turned around next year?
6: Oh for sure, for sure. That you will be back. I just give it just give it some time.
4: It'll happen. It'll happen. There he is, DJ Dallas, Seahawks running back. Great stuff, DJ. We appreciate it. Have a great season next year.
6: Yeah, appreciate you. Y'all had me
4: out here looking bad, man. I was out here looking like a catfish fisherman. (laughs) (laughs) It's V-CID primetime.
3: (laughs) From BBC Radio 4. is Prime Primetime with Tim Murray and Super Bowl champion Sean King live from Phoenix the site of Super Bowl 57 on VSN the sports betting network
4: The big game is the perfect time for football fans to join the huddle with BetMGM Sign up today and place a $10 wager on either team to win regardless of your wager's outcomes you'll receive $100 in bonus bets instantly Just use bonus code SB100 when you make your first bet. Get on the field and find out why nothing beats the big game at BetMGM. Download the BetMGM app or go to BetMGM.com and use bonus code SB100 to win $100 in bonus bets, regardless of the wager's outcome in the big game. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. First online real money wager only rewards issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets. Bonus bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Offer's not available in Mississippi, Nevada, and New York. It is VSIN primetime here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Tim Murray here in Las Vegas. Sean King down in Phoenix, Arizona, site of Super Bowl 57 less than 48 hours away sean king uh yeah dj dallas pride of the U. sean and uh you couldn't you couldn't figure it out a way to get dj dallas to take a look at uh at the good old usf bulls huh
5: Yeah, I tried. Uh, At least I know I was recruiting the right guys. I didn't have the (laughs) the logo to get some of those uh, things pulled off, but at least my evaluations were really good. Uh, And I I do hope he calls Mario Cristobal and and confirms with Cristobal that people are out here believing in the return of the U, so it would be good to have the U actually return.
4: Yeah, I mean, we've just been hearing that for, you know, two decades, but uh, they'll, they'll be back, baby. I mean, Kids weren't even <laughs> kids weren't even born when they were relevant so uh, you know keep keep speaking that speak there uh, the you we'll see what happens but uh, no I actually do believe that Mario Cristobal is the right guy for that program uh, but here we sit Sean less than two days away from uh, Super Bowl 57 you're down there and you know the running backs when you think about the game plan for the Philadelphia Eagles and We'll dive into props in the next hour, and we'll, we'll do a little competition. But, you know, something that I'm curious your thoughts is the winning game plan for Philadelphia, right? You've got a backfield of Boston Scott, of Kenneth Gainwell, of Miles Sanders, and, of course, of Jalen Hurts. And Hurts still likely dealing with a bit of a, that shoulder issue that, that had him sidelined for two games The two playoff games kind of hard to read fully, Sean, because they were blowouts, dominant performances, but it's not like they really needed to rely on Jalen Hurts passing acumen. If you're Nick Sirianni, how much of the game plan, Sean, is to utilize all your backs and Jalen Hurts? Do you expect a heavy emphasis in the run game by the Eagles on Sunday? So the Eagles
5: run a true RPO-based run game. And here's what I mean by that, Tim. They're going to call runs. Within the complexity of the scheme, the ball can get thrown on almost every run play that's called in Philly. Uh, There should be some plays where they won't block the backside backer in the box. And if he chases down, there'll be a receiver running a slant that replaces him. There'll be situations where they're running to the apex defender to the field. If he's uh, getting aggressive coming down here, they'll kick the screen behind him. Like They're always going to try and make you wrong. So It all depends on what the Chiefs decide to do. It looks like uh, Steve Spagnola, based on what we've heard this week from people close uh, and around the Kansas City Chiefs, is going to be aggressive. So when I hear that, these won't just be pass blitzes. These will be run blitzes. These will be blitzes designed to disrupt the mesh point disrupt the Eagles run game try and get tackles behind the line of scrimmage get this offense behind the sticks meaning second and long third and long situations where there are known passing downs now he can get creative with his pass blitzes and mix up the coverages and hopefully force Jalen into making a mistake I said this yesterday I'm going to stand on this this game is going to come down to Tim who can tackle in space Both uh, coordinators extremely creative, both unafraid and unapologetic about being, you know, uh, on the cutting edge uh, of sanity. Like, I mean, the Chiefs had a formation where they did ring around the Rosie before, <laughs> as they broke the huddle and then lined up. <laughs> and, I mean, Nick Sirianni's up 30 and and thinking about going for two, like, in game. So, nothing would surprise me. I, don't, I think both guys are going to pull out all the stops. It's going to be about who can get the other team behind the chains and who can tackle in space.
4: You know, you mentioned Steve Spagnolo and I, I think that's – an overlooked factor of this game is obviously he was the coordinator of the chiefs defense when they won the super bowl, uh, just a couple of years ago against the 49ers down in Miami, but he was also the giants defensive coordinator in 2007 when they pulled the upset as a two touchdown underdog against that, what seemed to be unbeatable, uh, new England Patriots team. So he certainly has a lot of, um, experience in the Super Bowl, we've talked about Reed, we've talked about Mahomes, obviously, but the fact that, you know, Steve Spagnolo has this experience, Sean, coordinating defenses in the Super Bowl, also coordinated against Tampa Bay just a couple years ago as well. But how important is that for the Chiefs to have? I believe this is gonna be his fifth Super Bowl where he's coordinating the defense.
5: I don't know if that's necessarily an advantage because he's not going up against any of those coordinators or any of those teams so this isn't a rematch this is him going up against nick sirianni so the big deal with defending the eagles in the run game is they're going to try and formation you into certain positions and then utilize those formations to take advantage of one specific defender so does spagnola have answers when they go heavy formation to the field but are running the ball back to the boundary uh with a rpo concept attacking the wheel linebacker that was something that san francisco really struggled with early in that game so this is going to be about adjustments uh eagles have been really good in the first half of games really good on the first drive of game so i think we're going to find out like It's going to be a chess match, match, and we'll see. You know, if I'm Spagnola, I'm going to be extremely aggressive to the point of we may give up a big play, but we're going to create big plays on defense. We're not going to be passive. We're not going to sit back.
4: You know, when you look at uh, flipping into the Eagles defensive side of things and and Hassan Reddick, and I know you've got a a long shot ticket on him to win uh, Super Bowl MVP I would imagine Sean that the Chiefs are going to focus heavily on Hassan Reddick and you know not have a backup tight end try to block him like the 49ers <laughs> did uh, which led to their quarterback's arm getting ripped off essentially but on the other side Josh Sweat is is this a guy that is maybe getting overlooked a little bit this week I mean he had 11 sacks this year it's not 19 and a half like Hassan Reddick did which led the NFL but this is a defense that wreaked havoc all year long Josh Sweat how big can he be potentially for the Philadelphia Eagles on Sunday
5: you know I'm really glad that you brought it up Tim because I think Kyle Shanahan has really gotten a bad rap you know about how could you leave a tight end Oh, Hassan Reddick. Well, here's why, Tim. Hassan Reddick had 16 sacks. You just mentioned that Josh Sweat had 11. Mm-hmm. Guess what? Hargrave had 11, too, and so did Graham. So they have multiple guys on that front that can get after the quarterback. It's not like, you know, where Chris Jones is by far the most talented defensive lineman. Even though George Coloft, the rookie from Purdue, has played much better, you know, the last uh, few games, and Frank Clark is starting to come on as well, but they're not as accomplished and not as elite rushing a quarterback as this Eagles front is, you really can't single up any of those guys. So you got to try and pick your poison. Hassan Reddick is the smallest body type of the four. So that's why teams will try and match their tight end up against Reddick, because at least physically, the body types are similar, as opposed to having a tight end on a bigger body like Graham, Hargrave, or Sweat. So, I mean, they they present some issues. Uh, It's something that, Andy Reid's going to have to deal with. But, see, to me, this is where the brilliance of Patrick Mahomes comes Mm -hmm. in. He is amazing at avoiding the pass rush. His functional mobility is as good as I've ever seen in this league. And his pass catchers understand how to mirror – His scrambles, like when he scrambles there, if you look, I wish I could just show the All-22 of the Chiefs receiving core, and that's Kelsey and everyone else, making adjustments as Mahomes scrambles. Guy goes deep, guy comes to the sideline, guy comes back to Mahomes. Like it's like almost – As if it's choreographed. And a lot of teams don't execute the scramble drill very well, but the Chiefs excel at it. And it's hard for defensive backs to plaster for that long. So it's going to be a cat and mouse game. I'm hoping that it's going to be an exciting cat and mouse game. But listen, I'm buying Mahomes. I went to the car lot, I love what he's driving. I'm all in. Before we go to break, right quick, I know it's a football Friday. Puck Shadamis has one play. Rangers puck line, baby.
4: All right. Rangers puck line it is. No college hoops for your boy tonight. That's Sean King down there on Radio Row. I'm Tim Murray. Chris Andrews from behind the counter. Sportsbook director at the South Point next.